Welcome to the Personal Trainer Collective podcast, the only resource for personal trainers who are fed up with the status quo. If you want to stay ahead of the competition, build a thriving business and have the freedom to work on your own terms, you've come to the right place. Without further ado, let's take your confidence and education to the next level with this week's episode. Welcome back to the Personal Trainer Collective Podcast or the PT Collective Podcast. Um, this one is all Tom, I'll be honest with you. He created a brief. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the host. We, we have these things though. Don't we? That's like us knowing when to stay in our lanes. And that's that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. Why, we're, why the company works well because we all have different <laughs> backgrounds and expertise. So it's like, okay, Tom, talking about training and stuff like that, you do that. If it's other stuff, maybe business market and stuff like that, then I can do that. If it's finance stuff, then maybe Laura can do that. So today it is about performance tests for general population. So Tom, what the hell is performance test? What, <laughs> all right, what classifies is that? A performance test is anything you can measure performance on. Um, this It differs essentially from screening or assessments or anything like that, okay? So we're the, you are not looking at range of motion. You are you will obviously look at movement quality because that has to be thing, but it has to have a tangible bit of data that you're taking from what you're doing, essentially. Um, that is what I would say is a performance test. It is uh, yeah, a snapshot or a good bit of data which gives you uh, an outcome, right? It gives you an actual piece of physical data you can go all right i need i have this therefore this means i can go and do this or i'm now going to train this because this needs to increase or decrease or whatever basically that is exactly what a performance test is obviously i gave that caveat at the, uh, for the title of general pop um yeah. because that, that is our clientele right um yeah for the obviously i'm obviously uh, I'm going to talk about testing protocols that uh, happen in all kinds of sports and athletics and whatever um, players athletes blah 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 blah. Um, they are applicable for anybody they're just scalable that's what a test should be it, like just because you don't score highly doesn't mean it's not scalable down like a test is just a test of where you are within that specific part of fitness that's all it is it's like, yeah. yeah, you might get one out of 100 on a, a test. Just means you're not that good at that exam, clearly, or that subject matter. Absolutely yeah. fine. I feel like yeah. as personal trainers as well, it's so easy to fall into the trap of most, how many clients Gen Pop would actually come to you with performance-related tests that they want to improve? Because I feel like most, if we focus on performance, the goals that they really want, which might be to lose weight, to feel fitter like the generic ones put on muscle mass and stuff like that is as personal trainers it's very uh, aesthetic goals that people come to us what they want and we don't want to just like after a certain period of time it, like the goal of I want to lose weight or I want to put on muscle mass it gets gets a little bit boring and sometimes especially from like a muscle mass perspective it get like you can't visually see those results as quickly as someone that can't perform a certain test and then within a week or two, even just by performing a test the first time, they can actually, within a week, noticeably perform better on that test yeah. or just because, it, again, they're, they're getting accustomed to that test and 
they've experienced it once before. So yeah, how many clients first and foremost would actually come to you and go and give you sort of a performance metric that they want to improve? Um, online? On both, like... Online so I, I was bit, yeah. I was in a I was in a split these up. <laughs> I gave a dramatic pause there. Look, um, <laughs> <laughs> online, yeah, it happens uh, a fair bit. Mainly because my target perfect client tends to be somebody who's performance driven because yeah. of the content I put out, and you can probably see that if you watch me or look at the stuff I talk about. Um, people will be drawn towards what I do because I'm going to give metrics. Um, in person, yeah, it's not as high. Normally, um, because of where my uh, education lies, I will get first, I probably, I would say, nearly 100, I'm going to go above 90% of the clients I train one-to-one uh, normally come to me on a rehabilitation protocol um, only because I've worked very closely with physios and all that kind of stuff. Um, and therefore, the maybe the performance-based goal is, well, it's not really a performance-based goal, it's a movement-based goal or a loading-based goal, that kind of thing. Um, it's, I don't tend to have the, I want to look better, Tom. Is that cool? Yeah. I, t- I, don't, I don't have a lot of those. I'm, I don't know, it's unfortunate. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely part of the minority and I have rehab-based goals, which turn into performance-based goals because of how I coach. But yeah, because this was, this was a topic that came up in terms of, this is goal setting or anything else, um, yeah. that came up actually on the live on our, my uh, level three programming uh, live because they were talking about a little bit about smart goals and whatever. And they were like, oh, but generally people pick not boring goals, but they're very generic. I want to tone up, I want to lose some weight. Uh, yeah, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, actually, if we do the PT core, we actually talk about... Um, primary goal which is what the client sets but you kind of you lay into it but then the the secondary goals which really the coach sets and this is what I kind of talk about in terms of uh, they might be not strict legitimate performance tests that have had loads of research articles posted yeah, about yeah. them and this is what we'll talk about a little bit of that stuff but more practical application of stuff we can do which are going to give a roundabout uh I don't know, general population setting and gym-based setting because believe it or not, if we talk about VO2 max, which everybody looks at, I'm going to guarantee that 99% of the facilities out there, you will not be able to do a VO2 max test in. Yeah. I guarantee it. Unless you go do a CFET exam or something like that, you go do a private medical. Then cool, right? They're going to have all that kind of stuff going. So fortunately, I know somebody, if you want to go and hook up with... Uh, Dr. Nathan Riding, um, one of the sports cardiologists uh, in London. You can go see him if you really want to. But yeah, and go do all that kind of cool testing. Um, but yeah, that's not going to be the point. Unfortunately, so why that's why the caveat of general pop is there. Yeah. Sorry, still lagging again, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, so, mate. It's all right. <laughs> uh, so why do gen pop clients need them then? Why not just not do any performance tests whatsoever? Because we need direction. We need direction of training. Um, obviously we can, if, if we have, uh, losing weight for one of them, that can obviously be our measurements, but against measurements, we need direction of what we're lifting and what kind of goal we're striving towards for maybe anaerobic respiration or aerobic respiration or ATP replenishment or recovery rate or muscular endurance or 
basic outline strength or power or speed and all this all these cool things we need to have a tangible thing that we're like all right we're going to test this is it where we want it to be is it look sucky uh, can we program it and then that client will be like oh yeah this is this is fun what am i going to score next time that's what's good about yeah. it nice so what areas can can you cover with that then like give give maybe a few goals that you you may get and then a few tests that you would work would incorporate with that type of client and maybe give us like a a lose weight typical one and then maybe like i want to improve my 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 strength or put on some yeah so i think from that point of view um obviously there's some big ones um, that they can cover. So kind of looking through that. So um, on the previous podcast, obviously you were talking about you liked the uh, the graph that uh, my sister made for the the perfect trainer, right? So yeah. in a similar ilk, we'll do, we'll do a, an athlete or client needs analysis uh, podcast later date, but I've got up right now, which you would love, is I've got a very similar thing of like a little like graph that goes out um, and I score them based off a, a zero to three. Um, on their kind of uh, physical characteristics of certain goals and certain um, things, okay? So it tends to be different energy systems and different movements and different stuff, okay? So um, there's lower body strength. I want to assess that. I want to assess uh, or performance test upper body strength. Um, Generally speaking, I'll see what lean muscle mass, but that's like body composition testing, so we don't care about that. Body fat mass is the same. Uh, FMS is movement screening. Um, I might test them on, this is for a athlete, I will test them on agility phase stuff. Um, I will look at counter movement jumps. Uh, Clients get that as well. So counter movement and non-counter movement, whether that be vertical force and horizontal force. Um, I test them on speed and cadence. Um, I test them on what would be VO2 max, but let's just call it aerobic respiration. Then I do anaerobic respiration, and then I do kind of an ATP aerobic kind of uh, recovery, so work capacity recovery, and I do uh, physical power. So there's loads of them out there, okay? So if we were to go around lower body strength, we can put this into different categories. So ideally, so uh, kind of a goal would be like, I want to be uh, get better muscular endurance from my runs or I'm going to get better kind of endurance when I'm playing football or that kind of thing. Cool, right. We're going to put lower body strength as something that we're going to probably need to performance test. And then we have to look at the caveats in lower body strength. So if we look at the lower body, I'm the, I've got two ends of the parameters. I'm going to look at kind of absolute strength and probably we need relative strength and muscular endurance strength, that kind of thing. So this could be extrapolated into the upper body one as well. So we, if we, we're we all smart enough to know we run our REM test the whole time. Um, obviously, we don't do that. We're smarter than that. Isn't that right, Luke? Um, Unless you're a powerlifter <laughs> and then you do that on, on your meat. Exactly. So, yeah, not, not many people test their strength. A lot of people train their strength not many people test their strength. Big difference there, okay? Look at Jim Wendler, probably the most popular ever strength program. And there's a reason why he says 90% is your 100% when you train. So you never maximally train. Um, you always will be able to recover. And it leaves caveats for like worse days, all that kind of thing. But anyway, we digress. Um, so the lower body strength. So ideally for that kind of strength, I wouldn't do a 1RM test uh, with the general 
pup, I would tend to pick a weight uh, of some sort. I tend to do a relative kind of body weight strength test before I enter like the worlds of 3RMs and 5RMs and 10RMs and you work out the formula. So precursor would be a goblet squat assessment um, for lower body strength. Pretty good exercise. We love the goblet squat here in the PTC, obviously, uh, one of our baseline movements. But a relatively a relative body weight squat uh, assessment would be, um, and this, so athletic population, I use their body weight. Um, so for an athletic population, so if Luke came to see me and we were like, we're going to do a relative body weight kind of strength endurance test, um, I'm going to do goblet squat at 50% of Luke's body weight. And he's going to rep it out as many times as he can. In no time duration or you give me a time no, duration? No, no, you're doing, as, you're doing as many as you like. You're doing okay. as many as you I'm can. I'm going to say that, with, uh, that I deem acceptable. No. <laughs> that I deem acceptable. As soon yeah. as form breaks down, breaks down you stop no. them. Cool. <laughs> so as soon as it turns to turning into a kind of a, an anterior loaded good morning, which it will, um, you'll start relying on your hips more than your quads. Um, then you go, call it, drop the dumbbell, go. Okay, but obviously we can scale that and we can go down to like 40% of your body weight, 30% yeah. of your body weight. I kind of cap it at quarter of your body weight and that's the kind of what I want people to shift. Um, and I can get results from kind of like they'll hit eight. I've seen eight reps stuff like that before, like at 35% as the lowest. And then, yeah, I've been like, all right, you've done 39 reps at that. You're clearly incredible at like, yeah, 50% body weight. So say my body weight right now is about 90 kilos. I've got to pick up a 45 kilo dumbbell and just go to town. Um, yeah. So it's pretty good. I think that's a nice little functional base assessment, but, and it gives a little bit of what we talked about um, was gamify. You've got to gamify your tests, gamify your uh, training because that, that's cool, right? When when Luke goes on plays like Call of Duty at 3 a.m., he cares about how many kills he got. He doesn't care like uh, how he did it. He doesn't really, all that kind of stuff. Maybe he looks at it about, but he's gamified that exactly. He's, there's, there's a nice number at the end, right? And he's going to try and beat that score and get better. Yeah, there's a few different metrics. So I'm like, okay, I got 80 kills, but if I died 80 times then that's not good for then me. It's not so, great. <laughs> so, so then what I look at, I, it may be like my kill death ratio. I'm like, I've got, that has to be above positive. And ideally, if I've got a good game, I look at total kills, but I'm also looking at, I want to see how many times did I die in that game. So, and then the other thing for me, as a Call of Duty player, I'm an SMG. So anyone listening out there, I want to be in your face. I can't be doing this long-range gunfight stuff. I want to be in your face, cracked out <laughs> on two monsters, and I'm going to be sliding around, getting in your face. So my other thing there is I look at how many interactions, Tom, which is just basically my total kills and total death. So you get those campers and about that. I got a free KD. And I'm like, yeah, you got like six kills and two deaths. Like you did nothing on the map. I've got 100 <laughs> interactions and you've had eight like come on that that it doesn't make sense so again just looking at those those metrics uh, and going okay which ones are more relevant to the individual some people may just want kills some people may want the kill death ratio so you've got to look at 
all things. Anyway, I didn't think we'd be discussing Call of Duty. <laughs> Gamifying, uh, that's what performance-based assessments and tests are about. That's, that's why I do them, because it brings that relative kind of, oh, cool, I now know what I should be getting, what's good, what can we do? And we can look at like, so for example, if we, we flip the other way towards like VO2, anaerobic, and all that kind of stuff, right? So most gyms will have maybe some Concept2 rowers, or they'll have some Watt bikes, right? So these companies are phenomenal. These are my favorite two pieces of equipment to test on because you get to go online and you get to see the average median or whatever people have put in online for whether you're, in theory, a good rower or a bad rower or where, you're, where you sit in your quartile for your age and all this kind of cool stuff. And that's great. That's, again, gamifying. I want to know where I rank. Luke wants to know where he ranks amongst his team on COD. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I want to play a well. good thing. I want to be yeah. like elite <laughs> level minimum. Amazing. Master. So another that's that's what can happen. So that's what's uh, been pretty good about um, the app I've been using on uh, Fitter. And I've put performance-based tests, ESD-based tests at the end of uh, some workouts and everybody who's doing them gets ranked. And that was like, oh, basically I did them all because everybody wants to beat me, right? Yeah. That's, that's probably the thing. Nobody's beating me yet. Of course not. Um, course mainly because I pick, I, I, pick, I pick stuff I was good at. That was the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's what's really nice about it. So if we, and we move one more, so we go into upper body strength, we can do... Stuff like, obviously, we, we go absolute again. So we can go kind of, whether it be a bench press or press-ups or whatever for your 1RMs, 3RMs, 5RMs, whatever you want to do, pick an exercise. Usually, it's a push. And then we probably do an upper body pull. You tend not to do a 1RM um, uh, pull-up. You tend to do a 3RM pull-up um, just because uh, it does not look good, a 1RM pull-up. It tends to be terrible in terms of how aesthetically pleasing it looks like. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of the other you stuff. You do the um, 1RM pull-up when you've literally fallen off a cliff and you're like, I have to <laughs> yeah. get myself up on this. And, and then... And hopefully you've not got someone dragging you down because then that is the the additional load of oh my partner's Correct. hanging onto my foot. <laughs> so, sorry, love. Uh, I've tested my one RM in the gym. Uh, I can't do this. I, I haven't got my gym gloves on. Uh, the grip is slightly wider to grip. You, you're gonna have to drop uh, so I can actually perform this pull up and survive <laughs> to look after the kids. Yeah. So we got that. You kind of pick a pick a thing. Pick a something you want to do, uh, whether it's unilateral or bilateral, um, and then you yeah, go. If you want to do so a relative, like a, just a body weight pull-ups or you pick the same idea, you pick a certain amount of body weight off, go to a pull-up machine and do that and do as many reps as possible, that kind of thing. And wrap assessments, amazing. That's muscular endurance testing. And that's what we can start to do. Okay, so for the upper body strength, I would tend to do either push-ups or pull-ups because they're applicable and they're big movements that we're always going to look for, okay? And we care about the result. I don't care about my incline bench press. I don't care what number I can load, okay? So give a nice big figure for those big bang for buck exercises. Um, that's why I, I think, again, on uh, one of our seminars for the PTC, I was like, I noticed people said about doing 70% of their uh, 1RM uh, leg curl for this uh, exercise. And I was yeah. like, who knows what their leg... Nobody, nobody wants to know what your 100% of your 1RM leg curl is. Believe me. 
That's what, that's what you good. get, though, from the book. <laughs> and they get exactly yeah. the same. We're going to work between 60 and 75% of your one RM, and we're going to do these many reps. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to do our cardiovascular exercise, and we're going to do it in our 50 to 70%. And I'm like, okay, you program that. Does your client have a heart rate monitor on? No. Yeah. Okay. All right, well. But the book told me that I needed to put that down because I need to <laughs> monitor intensity. Which 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 way is the wind blowing? Oh, they must yeah. be a 187 max heart rate today. <laughs> yeah, we're, getting, we're really yeah. pushing it. <laughs> Crazy. All right, and then so we go move towards like agility testing. Um, don't do this of a lot of, this is definitely more athletic population um, that I would do and field-based athletes um, or players or whatever. This doesn't, particularly have much scope in the gym maybe like you might do i've done a t drill in your life or like some sort of yo-yo drill all this kind of stuff um you might have done previously go look at the nfl combine that's probably a gold standard for what they look at um and go go see how they move it agility is of is agility is the practice of change of direction um and how quickly you move from a to b in a change of direction format it's nothing else um, but some people suck. If you do not move laterally, you will suck at agility training. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, most people, especially if they're, they only train upper body and not legs. They're just really top correct, heavy. Yeah. It's like, and yeah, go on, change like, that direction. And then we've got like, uh, so the counter movement jump, this is again something we look at in PT core. So counter movement jumps and uh, non-counter movement jumps. So this is uh, a performance test for uh, elasticity um, and kind of plyometric power. So we, this is important for, uh, we talk about whether it gauges, whether they're going to go and do strength training or whether they're going to do more plyo-based bouncy power training um, and how they recruit okay their stiffness of their muscle and their tendon um, so these are really basic so counter movement everybody hopefully listens to this podcast can go google what a counter movement jump looks like um, and you literally will if, if it's a vertical one you're jumping as high as you can uh, you do not leg tuck okay <laughs> we it's not a box jump that's not an assessment um we have to keep our legs really straight because we're looking at how uh, high you jump um and then obviously that this you do a non-counter movement jump and then you've got the broad jumps which in the same effect counter and non-counter movement so those are assessments of the physical characteristics physical characteristic of uh so plyometrics and kind of non-plyometric straight based power um and then lastly we kind of got speed um, this is dependent on how what you want to do. Um, so I would put this in. We we all know the well. We all of our listeners obviously know the um, velocity profiling of strength and all that that nice curve that we uh, we look at in PT core of how to look at um, kind of one RM is obviously very very slow. And as we move down through like eighty percent, sixty percent, forty percent, twenty percent, we start to move that weight faster. So we can look at that in terms of bar speed or velocity. So obviously I had um, velocity-based training guy on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, yep. And we talked, we discussed that at length. So go listen to that if you want to know about speed and velocity-based training. Um, VBT, as we uh, kept on referring it to. Um, and the also speed can be as generic as I want you to go as fast as possible and run or sprint or anything like that. Simple. Cool. Yeah. And then we look at like the other stuff that we've uh, said in terms of equipment-based things. We look at speed yeah. and VO2 and all that cool stuff. Nice. 
I think we've, we've, we've sort of broke down the movement groups, th- energy systems. We looked, you said you like your concept too, you like your watt bike. Um, yeah. Is there anything something... you dislike when it comes to performance tests? <laughs> what, in terms of uh, equipment or Yeah, what people anything? use. Yeah, like, people where, use. like you see people do these tests and you think, you sh- could just do this. It would be so much better than what you're currently doing. <laughs> there are some mad things out there, yeah. So unfortunately, for a laugh, uh, you can go look at Dr. Joel Seidman and some of his functional strength-based exercises or uh, functional strength and all this. Like one of them, number three, that is one of his tests, he will load you up to about 80 to 90% of what you can back squat and then ask you to close your eyes and then you you should be able to squat like kind of perfectly with that whilst your eyes are closed on some sort of proprioception based thing oh it's bonkers i don't understand what, what point during any kind of game do i close my eyes and just try to perform the movement zero there's, there's zero <laughs> that doesn't happen i mean i mean <laughs> I bodybuilders like doing it didn't they that mind muscle connection is like mind wrestle cool close. all right take away the stimulus but Very you're not 80 to 90 percent on, on that. No, <laughs> no, it's just madness. Um, absolutely crazy. Um, other than that, and I don't. There's nothing I. Other than those kind of weird things, balance-based testing, I find a bit odd when people are like, "Oh, balance on a bosu ball for this long, or balance on one leg." I guess it's the close your eyes thing. I see that every now and again. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's uh, that's not a performance test. Don't or oh planks for time. Grow up. Yeah. No, nobody's doing basically if you're doing a plank for more than 30 seconds you're doing it wrong um, unfortunately and you're not tight so you're just chilling out on joints and that's not fun um, so <laughs> unfortunately that happens um, yeah apart from that in terms of equipment um, I don't know the ski erg is obviously incredibly popular now yeah. I, I can kind of see why but for me it feels like tricep cardio um, if I'm really honest, and I have to play around with my foot positionings quite a lot. I think a lot of people tend to do it um, in like a, a, a normal hinge pan, but just for tips out there, if you want to keep your back nice and safe, you tend to go B stance and change it every kind of five or uh, 10 reps and you just keep switching around. It will tend to less shearing force on, uh, and you're able to drag your butt back a little bit harder. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. I found with yeah. those machines because my arms are longer well then my wingspan's longer than my height I have to be like half of my foot on the platform and, and my heel yeah. off of it to, otherwise I'm <laughs> too close to generate maximal force yeah, so yeah I get, get you yeah that's get tough a, get a longer plank or it's, it's <laughs> awkward isn't it it's like yeah it's sort of on it half on it half not on it um, yeah. When would you sort of retest these? How frequently would you retest these with clients? Um, generally speaking, every four weeks would be a retesting protocol. Um, kind of beginning and end of meso, but you might go beginning, middle, and end of meso, um, and then you test throughout. So athletes get, um, they will have testing and peaking zones that we want to see all the way through. Um, but for most clients, yeah, if they're, if they're trying to get better at that particular equipment as well, they, they will definitely have, I will probably be testing them every single week. So for example, we, we quite like an assault bike and because it gives a nice bit of data on like uh, cadence, so how fast you're spinning it around. Um, and it gives a nice amount of data on distance or wattage you're, you're providing. That's great because that's power. 
Um, so I like doing that nearly every week if I can, if I can make them do it, like little sprints and stuff, and they can hopefully see a, a, a kind of linear progression. Um, but if there was like, you're only going to do this, it's max out performance. They're obviously not going to do repeated bouts um, yeah. because that could be a, t- a test as well, repeated bout. Um, so yeah, generally speaking, test, train, retest. And then from that retest, you do, that will be the decision of what you do from then. What goal will you be performing? What, what is the, the ultimate next meso? Otherwise, we're kind of going, mm, we might have done enough tests. Say, I would tend to do maybe three in a session, um, perhaps. I have done more before, but you will not get the, uh, the absolute peak of what that client is able yeah. to do. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no chance. So you tend to do three and maybe pick different energy systems or different kind of protocols. So you might do one kind of big strength-based one. You could do one kind of power-based one, anaerobic-y one, and one aerobic one to allow recovery to happen. Um, otherwise, yeah, that's the performance is not going to be true to what uh, that person can do. So, but it's also a cool way to manipulate results if you're going to make the person really tired and then you get them to do it first time next time. So that'd yeah, be really good. Remember the days, <laughs> in it? We're like, we're going to do your circumference measurements now. And the first time I'm going to do it, I'm going to have it slightly loose. And the second time I do it, it's skin <laughs> tight to your body. And yeah, we've uh, lost a centimeter. Breathe in. I, I, I know of a couple of trainers that do that on the uh, like in body machines, like the biological, yeah. uh, bio, whatever, impedance things. And they, they do it after training. And I'm like, yeah. oh. So their muscles are swollen. We know like, that yeah. muscle mass is going to be swollen. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, pump you, is you real. Look, you look a little bit dehydrated. Have a little bit more fluid. <laughs> there we go. I'll just get oh, you another good. three yeah. litres. I'll get the gallon. Uh, <laughs> and you can just go, go, go before we do the, the test. Uh, yeah. Anything else to add on this time for performance testing for Genpop clients? Or we think we covered it all? No, I've, I think we've killed most of it. Um, I think people... There are, go obviously go look up in terms of like combine stuff. There are legitimate uh, tests that have been researched, especially if you use the Watt bike, they have a aerobic, uh, a three minute uh, MMP, max minute power thing, an aerobic assessment. They have, uh, they actually have um, something is called a seven minute health check. Uh, assessment now which is amazing for the general pop um so you can work out and it and it throws out an awesome like aerobic based session that you can start to do on the watt bike as well so i would go look at that then you've got like 20 minute aerobic tests like functional threshold power tests ramp tests six second peak power tests um all that kind of stuff has data that what bike or concept to take and then publish and then you're able to look at it or, and they've actually researched these based uh, things because we're looking at validity and reliability is normally how can you replicate that test? Um, obviously try and pick the same day, the same session, the same, maybe if they always do them on a Monday, always test people on a Monday, for example. We need that as reliable as possible. They're probably going to have the same routine. Um, and the validity, the validity of the test and stuff, you try to use the same equipment all the time. Try to have it at the same time of day. Um, don't go, I'm going to use a Jordan barbell for this and then I'm going to go use a Wolverson or a Laco one the next time. Be- yeah. b- believe it or not, it will matter. It will matter. Um, 
because maybe the diameter is different, the bearings are slightly different, um, off the floor it bends a little bit more, all this kind of stuff. If you if you think that's important for you, um, that is what's going to happen. But probably is it's more noticeable uh, if we're going towards uh, maybe you did a 5K run on a Woodway treadmill and then you went and did a 5K run on a uh, Techno Gym treadmill. Just because maybe the force of you're putting through. So I know one uses a rubber-based uh, uh, kind of, what's it called? What's the thing? The Conveyor belt, tr- um, yeah, belt track or whatever. And one's a plastic-based one. That will give different kind of bounce and feedback off uh, for your joint. 100% it will. So the, 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 they aren't, they, yeah, within the same parameters have been given, but the same equipment hasn't. So you're not going to be the same. So yeah, I would look into that. So don't use a Techno Gym rower and then go use a Concept 2 rower. Consistency, isn't it? Correct. What is it? I think it's VARTEC, isn't it? I think that acronym. I'm not going to try and guess. Validity, something, something. I was always killed about reliability and validity. Um, Yeah. And I always used to say, like, people go, like, oh, my Apple Watch. I'm like, okay, it might not be accurate, but. But it's accurate to within itself. And it's it's consistent. As in, you're wearing it. And the date you checked yesterday and the week before and the month before, unless you change things up, like when you're wearing it and when you're not wearing it, it's going to be consistently inaccurate if it is inaccurate. But it's just something you can refer to. So it doesn't Beautiful. matter. Beautiful. You've too actually much. reminded me of another thing that I also test is recovery. Um, and that would be required. So you said the Apple Watch there would be a heart rate monitor. Yeah. Obviously required. And recovery is something that I look about when bringing somebody back from rehab. Um, and I may, so for example, they're going to do an assault bike or maybe some battle ropes or something like that. And I will, I will get them to what is like a red zone or like 90% up. And then I'm going to go, you have to recover. You're going to walk around. You're going to give you recovery mechanisms. You're going to control your breathing. I need that to come down to 65% as quickly as possible, please. That is a performance test in itself um, because we need to get that as quickly as possible. Um, and then that in turn, your training is going to benefit because you're able to like oxidize blood better, all this kind of cool stuff. So at a cellular level, um, yeah, that's, that's fun. I even do Not that fun. with my in-between like sets. I, I won't necessarily, yeah. I'd look at if I'm doing a superset, for example, certain exercises, my heart rate's going to be elevated a lot more than if I'm lying on my back doing a bench press. So if I'm yep. doing a superset, I'm going, okay, what's my heart rate now? I try and control my, my breathing move around a little bit and then I'm seeing how quickly does it go back down and it might be I'm gonna do it in 90 seconds or it might be when my heart rate hits a certain uh, uh, beats per minute I'm gonna go again for the, the next set perfect beautiful thank you very much Tom it's always no a pleasure if you are wherever you're listening to this whether it's Apple podcast Spotify Google Podcast, apparently 1% listen on Google Podcast. <laughs> um, whatever functionality they have, make sure you give us a rating. If you can, leave us a review. They will help us um, go up in the categories, which are health and fitness, Tom. However, on Spotify, it's how-to. And I'm like, I don't want it on how-to. I want it on fitness and health and stuff like that. So That's strange. I, I, I did have a little Google search and I, I think I've done everything that I need to do. It's just, um, <laughs> I don't even know where the I, hell we rank in whatever categories. I've never looked into it. I, I don't look at any of them anymore. No. no. We will just consistently <laughs> provide hopefully valuable content in your ears 
and then it will grow due to that rather than us comparing ourselves to other people in other categories. So yes. Lovely. Beautiful. Thank you very much.